in five, four, three. You didn't say two or one. You don't have to say two or one. Why not? You just don't. This is a Fitting Room Podcast with your hosts, Nate Adelman and AJ Volpel. Hey everyone, this is Nate Adelman from The Fitting Room. You are listening to part four of our four-part tour player series. Part one, Adam Hadwin. Part two, Daniel Berger. Part three, Jim Furyk. And finally, part four, this episode with Patrick Reed. If you consider yourself a technical guy, if you like to get really, really deep into your golf equipment, you will love listening to Patrick because that's exactly what he is and that's exactly what we talked about. So let's get right to it. The next thing you will hear is my conversation with Patrick Reed. Hey guys, this is AJ from the Fitting Room Podcast. Want to tell you about a really awesome video that we shot in collaboration with our friends at Vice Sports. We went to Bangkok, Thailand to travel and learn about the underground golf legend that is Kiradek Afi Barnrat. We went to his house. We had some food with him. He showed us his amazing Yeezy collection, all his expensive cars. He's got a couple Ferraris. He owns a driving range. He's an amazing personality that not a lot of people know about. So we wanted to get the full story. So if you go to callawaygolf.com slash collabs, that's C-O-L-L-A-B-S, you can watch the full video. It's about 10 minutes long, super entertaining. Learn about this underground golf legend uh, that's becoming super popular on the European tour. That's callawaygolf.com slash collabs, C-O-L-L-A-B-S. Check it out. All right, Patrick, thank you so much for joining us here on The Fitting Room and talking a little bit about the clubs in your bag. Oh, thanks for having me. So I'm curious to know, uh, uh, in your bag, what is the process that you go through for a club to, to warrant itself in your bag? Well, I mean, a lot of guys are different, but for me, it's, uh, it's, it's very important not only to make sure it looks good, but also for me the first thing is when I pick it up to make sure it kind of feels like it's the correct swing weight make sure the weighting is correct and then from there you know it's more on instead of checking you know lies lofts etc it's more on can I hit hit the shots I need to can I hit the flight to draw can I hit the high high cut or the low cut you know it's more on just comfortability comfortability kind of work the golf ball both ways and for it to be able to react how I make a golf swing. And, uh, you know, I, I put all my clubs through huge tests before they actually make it in the bag from hitting fairway bunker shots to greenside bunker shots if it's plugged to high rough, semi, semi-rough semi pine needles, fairways, tees, because, uh, you know, the biggest thing is you have to be 110% comfortable with every shot with that golf club because if it goes into play, now all of a sudden you're in a tournament and those are you know those are game time situations you you don't have that opportunity to be like oh I'll just drop another ball and uh, you know so I I put my stuff through pretty rigorous and long tests before they actually go into play so how does that testing period vary with a driver versus let's say a new wedge or uh, a putter well you know uh, putter putter's really easy mm-hmm. uh, because the ball's on the ground you're basically first seeing if the ball's rolling. And then seeing if the ball's starting on the line it's supposed to be. And, you know, f- so for putters, putters I feel like is a really short, pretty, you know, pretty easy test. Um, and then, uh, you know, for like a wedge, it, it just, it all depends. Um, 
you know, week to week, depending on if it's a firm golf course or soft golf course, you might have two different kind of wedges. But, uh, you know, for me, it's more on the kind of workability on heights. If I can hit the high flop or hit the low spinner, the low release, and, uh, you know, how is it going through the turf? Is it going through how I, how I want it to go through? And, um, you know, I, I tinker a lot with them, um, especially with wedges. And because of that, I, I like a certain way the club goes through the ground on low shots and also high shots. So on weeks like this, the players, when it's really grainy, I'm going to have probably a different wedge than if I'm up north playing on bent or bluegrass mm-hmm. that there's really no grain. So are you when you make that change? Is it bounce? Is it lie? What is the change that you'd make? It's or? more. It's more bounce. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I try to stay consistent, and I feel like you have to stay consistent on lies and lofts, just because you know that's where you know how far the ball's flying. You know how the ball's supposed to react on your golf swing. So that kind of stays the same. I don't really ever change that. It, it's more on kind of the bounce and configuration of the bounce, depending on how I want that golf club entering the ground that week. Now, when when you're week to week tinkering with your setup, are you doing that yourself? Do you like to get there and and uh, grind away? And are you checking swing weights by yourself and adding a little weight if you need to, or do you trust the guys on the truck for that sort of thing? No, you know, I I, I don't grind anything. Um, I annoy the guys on the vans to do that <laughs> for me. I, you know, I, I let the guys and the professionals grind the wedges, and uh, you know, the guys on the van have done a great job on being able to grind wedges for different terrains and different and kind of what I'm looking for uh you know because of how how touchy I am and you know how feel oriented I am in my hands and in my swing the lie the lofts and the the lies have always been pretty easy for us mm-hmm. uh, it's the bounce that the guys always have to kind of grind here and there that's why normally you'll see my 60 degree especially will usually have some uh, lead tape on it because mm-hmm. of having to peel off some of the heel or the toe or the back of the club and then getting it back up to the swing right now the callaway golf company as you as you well know we love to release products very very regularly so uh out of all the clubs in your bag which is the easiest and which is the hardest when we come out with something new to to try to switch out i would say the hardest is uh the hardest is the driver i feel like um because you know it's the one club that that's where that's where golf starts you know you step up on the first tee box it's a driver usually you step up on these things and you have to you have to be comfortable with that club because you have to play from the fairway and you know for me for some reason because i'm a shorter in length shaft yet i want to get the swing weight up there there's a lot of rat glue that has to go inside it or a lot of lead tape the problem with lead tape on driver when you're striking a tee the tee will try to peel it right so uh, you have to go inside the head to do the weighting, mm-hmm. and usually that you know, back in the day that'd be that'd be a huge issue. Right. But uh, you know nowadays, especially with the Epic Driver, I felt like the biggest key with that is with having two weight slots dead in the center of the club face, one closer to the face and one all the way in the back. With keeping it in the center, when you add all that weight in the middle, the CG stays in the middle of the club face. Right. So the CG doesn't move. So when you actually hit it in the center of the club face the ball goes so much farther right and um you know i'm touchy so, on that where i'll actually find the cg in the golf on the golf clubs when i'm hitting it. right so so you're playing the sub-zero epic sub-zero with the weights how do you do you know how you have the weights configured front to back yeah oh, well i have 10 in the front and 14 in the back um that's a pretty hefty setup it is uh, you know and 
I, I have to go heavy because I go shorter in shaft. Right. And, uh, you know, if I were to go lighter in the head, well, the problem is the shaft being the short length that it is, my swing weight would be too light that I wouldn't be able to feel it. Right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I, that, I, to play a shaft a certain length, you have to have a certain head weight. But it's up to you how you do it. Now, when you in clubs where you add glue to the head, where do you instruct the guys on where you want that glue to, to be located? Well, it all depends. Um, you know, it depends on the actual head because mm-hmm. some will be you'll some you'll hit it without weight and it'll either go right or go left, you know, or go too high or too low, you know, not spin enough. So you kind of it it, go, it just varies from head to right. head. Um, you know, me naturally liking to see a draw. Uh, I mean, if I were if I were to probably tell them where to put just off of a stock, I'd probably say closer to the heel. But at the same time, with me, I, I love to find that CG. Right. So the more weight I start putting off center, you know, the CG will move a little bit. Therefore, I'll try to find it. Right. Now let's rewind a, a few months back when you were getting fit for Epic. Um, during that process, how much I know you you rely on what it looks like, what it feels like. How much do you use technology in that process, whether it's TrackMan or another type of launch monitor? Uh, well, I mean, that's usually kind of where you start. Mm-hmm. Um, you always can start on TrackMan, just kind of see, is it spinning too much? Is it not spinning enough? How is it launching, etc. But, uh, you know, I use it a little bit, but not, not that much. I, I'm, a, I'm a feel guy. I, I like to kind of see and visual. If I see it kind of flying and it's kind of having that shape, then, you know, I know what to do from there. But, uh, you know, that was actually probably one of the longer processes I had was uh, trying to get into Epic um, because it, it's a, it's such a hot driver. It goes so much farther than my double black diamond. And also because of that, it, it, it launches a little higher and doesn't spin as much, which is perfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's exactly what everyone wants. Right. The thing was it, it took me a while to find one that I felt comfortable I could go ahead and turn and draw mm. because it was knocking off the spin. Right. And, uh, you know, now we finally got one that I feels really good. I mean, I'm, I'm still tinkering with it. I've, o- I mean, I'll always be tinkering with it. Right. But um, you know, I, I just thought the difference from you know last year's driver to this year's driver, it was just, it was amazing to see how nothing could change on swing wise, yet you could gain 15, 20 yards just like that. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was impressive to see. And you know, the the misses seemed to be a little bit more narrow, which. Uh, you know, it's never a bad is, thing no, there. It's a great thing, especially <laughs> for guys on tour, but also a great thing for, you know, the amateurs and the regular, uh, you know, the regular guys who go out and play weekend golf because, you know, they're not going to hit the center of the cliff face as much as we are out here. Right. And because of that, you know, if they go ahead and miss hit it, instead of being in the right trees, they might just be in the right rough. Mm. So AJ and I love talking with uh, a lot of our the guys on our staff, uh, but the thing that's unique is everyone has a little bit different perspective, and I'm really enjoying hearing your perspective because you're probably one of the most detail-oriented with this equipment out of, out of most of the guys on our staff, and uh, I know I certainly appreciate that because these are the instruments that you make your living with, right? They need to be... Uh, they need to be exactly what you, what you want them to be. Um, so digging a little deeper, we'll we'll dig a little into irons here. So uh, you have a, a unique iron setup. You have uh, the muscle backs for um, your five through your pitch, uh, but your three and your four iron are uh, an X forge. Can you talk me through the process to why you I guess why you have the split set, uh, how you chose where to split them, and what what benefits does that give you? Well, uh, I've always loved the workability and the shot making you're allowed to do with blades. Mm-hmm. You know, the less material there and the more blade kind of looking iron, the more you can hit different trajectories, different curves, 
you know, different kind of shots. So the more you get to the cavity backs or, or the more the ball's going to get higher and go straighter, it's not going to want to curve as much. And, uh, you know, so for me, I, I, I wanted to stay in blades as, as far up the set as I could. But then, you know, what I realized once you got to that four and three iron, you need height, especially out here on tour where greens are firm. And then also out of the rough, trying to hit a four or three iron out of the rough, the ball's just going to fall out of the sky. So you need some help, you know, some help getting the ball off the ground. So that's why I went to that kind of set. And, uh, you know, because of that, it allows me to launch them if I need to or, or at the same time because they're a, you know, more pro I would call more professional cavity back. They're not mm. really, you know, really bulky and thick. Mm. You can still lean on it and hit the low one if you want to. Nice. So um, one of the questions we, we always like to ask as well is, uh, what is something we can't see in your bag that's a unique spec or unique setup uh, that we wouldn't know otherwise, whether it's an extra wrap here or there, a little weight under the grip, you know, something that's, uh, I know you got to have something in there that, that we can't see. That's like mm. a little secret weapon. Man. Uh, actually, uh, you know, I, I mean, I don't really have anything secret in my, in, in the bag, honestly. Um, the only thing I would say is probably my putter. Uh-huh. Uh, I have seven wraps of double-sided tape underneath the grip. There you go. That's something. So, there uh, you go. You know, I've just know kind of, I've kind of been a guy that, you know, I go for not only size, but, you know, more a shape. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it has to have the right shape. So, you know, the ionic grip I've always putted with, when the, the mid-size is the correct size, but I, I just didn't like the edges of it. It wasn't sharp enough. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the regular size, standard, has the nice sharp edges on, on the ed side. So I, I put my hands on it. I was like, I love this, but it's like half the size I need. Right. So we're like, all right, well, let's just start building up. Right. So uh, Johnny actually started uh, on the van. He started just putting pieces on. He goes, how's this feel? Needs more. No more. He goes, all right, how's this feel? Needs more. And the next thing you know, we came down to, uh, to figure out that seven that I need underneath it for it to feel where I need it. And when you add that much weight to the grip, did you have to do anything to the head as well? Yeah, they uh, had to actually, uh, I think they put two tungsten plugs inside the head to, uh, you know, to kind of get it up to weight. But, um you know, the good thing is with adding all that weight and then all the grip weight, you, you would think the putter would be overall too heavy, the overall actual weight of it. But, uh, you know, with being at the th 33 and a quarter inch finish, being that short, it actually allows uh, the weight to feel nice. Perfect. Yeah, that's, uh, that sounds pretty specked out there yeah. for you. Oh, yeah. Cool. Well, Patrick, thank you so much for taking the time to stop by the fitting room. We, we, we really enjoyed talking with you, and hopefully as we get uh, some – I'd say it's a challenge to our R&D team. As we come out with new stuff, it's got to be up to up to your specs to be able to earn its way into your bag. Oh, well, I appreciate it, and y'all are doing a great job. Thank you.